welcome to the Production Talk podcast with me, Jan of MixArtist.com.au. In this podcast series, we celebrate the modern way of producing music. We want to talk about all things related to songwriting, recording at home and music production. So if you produce your music at home, this is the place to be. Please subscribe and recommend this podcast to all your friends. This is the Production Talk podcast, episode 21. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Production Talk podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in again, and it's really fantastic to have you on board. Thank you to all the listeners. It blows my mind every week that I'm in front of a microphone, and I know that there are so many people out there listening to what I have to say. It's a very humbling experience, and yet again, I just want to say thank you. This week, I would like to talk about um, our love-hate relationship with streaming services. I'm pretty sure that you're all aware about the problem. And uh, just the other day, I had an interesting discussion with a handful of young producers. And um, one of them brought up the idea that in order to be successful today, to start from scratch as a young artist, there is no other way but uh, effectively giving it away, um, not asking for money, just to invest your own music and send it out and try to get a big following uh, that way. Uh, so that later they can then start to make revenue from from that. So that got me thinking, and I have a couple of different thoughts about this, and it all ties into the bigger discussion of uh, how musicians make a return with their music these days and the role that common streaming services uh, play in that world these days. I'm sure you're all aware about the controversy surrounding businesses such as Spotify, um, Spotify is named very publicly, very often on social media as the bad boy. Uh, however, it also applies to most other streaming services. Uh, it just turns out that Spotify is very successful um, in the sense that their market share is significant. It's one of the biggest players in the world, as you all know. But at the same time, they um, pay out one of the smallest percentages to musicians And uh, an additional concern that I personally share is that they also sound absolutely terrible, in my personal opinion, compared at least to the competition. So when it comes to sound quality, there are definitely um, streaming services that outperform Spotify by a mile. But let's say this is another subject, so let's not go into the sound of the streaming services. That would probably fill another episode, and I would get very passionate about this personally. But anyway, let's go back to the aspect of money. So this uh, young producer suggested that in order to make it somehow, we first have to just take on our music, make it available to everybody in order to gain some momentum. And I think there are a couple of um, flaws with this way of thinking. I'm not quite sure if I should call it flaws, but I think we are basically trapped in a certain position where we create our own problems in some ways. And although there are some musicians who have successfully started a career like that. Um, I don't think this should be the blueprint for everybody uh, in, for, for many, many different reasons. And I want to go into that for, uh, in a bit more detail. So first and foremost, 
are our streaming services is Spotify and and uh, and all their competitors are they going to raise the revenue for uh, musicians anytime soon I've seen petitions and you know um, memes and all kinds of posts with uh, often well not very favorable um, choice of language uh, I've seen all of these things but is this going to change things and in all honesty, I, I believe it, it will not. It is not the right way to do it. Because we just need to think about, we need to put ourselves into the position of the CEO of one of these leading streaming services for a moment. And let's just consider how all of this looks from their end. They've basically hit the, the business jackpot. They managed to find a market with a huge supply of, of resources at a very, 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 very low price. And the resources keep on coming. They come with about 60,000 songs every day. They keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on coming, and they just don't seem to end. So there's an, a huge supply on, on resources, which is our music. At the same time, they found a way to build a website that distributes those products back to their clients, that's the everyday listener, and they pay a fairly low fee in return. But then they manage to, to multiply their business so well that this little bit of income they generate per listener multiplied by the millions, maybe billions of listeners worldwide, generates a huge income for them, of which they keep the lion's share. So, the resource keeps on coming every day and the buyers are still there every day spending their subscription money and returning uh, this income back to the streaming services. What motivation would they have to change their business model? Why would they say, oh, gee, we better increase the payout to musicians? They have no motivation. There is no incentive for them because the oversupply of music keeps on coming every day. So this is not what, what I want. It's not the way I want the world to be. But in all honesty, this is how it currently is. And I don't think that the CEO of Spotify is going to react uh, to a partition or uh, to appeals to their goodwill. That's just not how these people are. The thing is, as long as there's an oversupply of, of their core resource, they will keep following their business model. They've established themselves, and as an established business, it's their interest to keep on going for as long as they can, to ride the wave and make as much cash as, as they can. That's the reality of it. And I think if in order to change that, we first need to start changing the resource. Because us, we the musicians, we are just too happy supplying our music to them and accepting the price they give us, which is a fraction of a pittance of a pittance. So I guess it all has to start with us. If we try to make the CEO of Spotify and, and the other streaming services change their mind, I think we're not on a winning streak here. This is not going to happen in all honesty. They won't. So the only thing that we can change is us. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let's get back to this young producer who told me that to build any kind of following, he feels like uh, that he needs to give away his music for free for now. Um, the problem is that when you train a client to receive a product for free, 
those clients will not turn into paying customers later on the track. Um, I remember this all too well from when I was a young engineer, a young music producer, trying to make a name for myself. I was a nobody um, about 20 years ago, and I needed to build some kind of a reputation and a, and a portfolio. So I started to work with uh, bands to cut my teeth. And in many ways, I still learned the art of music production along the way because, well, in those days, I was just a beginner. And I remember how the only acts that I could get on board was basically my, my own band, which I produced for countless hours, days, weeks, and probably months, uh, wore myself out entirely uh, for no money. And um, I produced a dear friend's band, my friend Daniel, big shout out to, to Dan in Hamburg in Germany, who's still one of the best friends I've ever met in my entire life. Big shout out to you, my friend. And I, I produced Daniel's band back in those days. And because I wasn't very good, it took me forever. And in all honesty, the results, well, I think they're okay considering where I was, but it was not fantastic. And look, what struck me afterwards was that I got frustrated after finishing those productions because I didn't see a path forward of how to turn this, what I just did, into... Um, into paying clients. Um, and in all honesty, I was just too unexperienced to understand that this can't possibly work. So working for free can only ever be a short-term thing for the gain of building a portfolio. The clients who you work with, if you, if you build a free portfolio, will not be the clients who come around later and uh, buy services at, at a higher price. It is very important to, to step away from this and write this work off as experience. And it's a part of the learning curve that I needed at that stage. But I didn't quite understand how, how this fits into the bigger picture of becoming a professional. It only ever serves the purpose of having a portfolio, which then may lead to other paying clients. But um, I've, I've also seen this with clients in the not-too-distant past where um, a, a client asked me if I, I would uh, start the very first project for uh, for lower price. And because they were friends here in East Coast Australia, I decided to, to agree and, and uh, give them a really, really, really good deal um, and undersold myself to some degree. I basically you know, gave him the value of a full production at a price or not even half of that, which was mates rates and it was all for a good cause. But afterwards, once it was time to you know, talk about the next production, they didn't have the money. And again, they went for somebody else who gave him a mates rate. So what, what I'm just trying to say is that when I set my price, I also define the perceived value of my work. And if I give my work away for free, or if I give my work away for way too low, which I usually don't do uh, anymore, um, it shapes the perception that this is the associated value with this product. In other words, the listener hears my mix at a lower, well-perceived quality because the price was lower. And uh, this is an awkward thing to consider, but we basically train up our clients by giving them a certain value at a certain price. 
And that sets an expectation. And to change this later and increase the price is not going to go down well with clients. So in other words, if you start in the industry as a studio musician, as a home producer, um, the clients that you start with for a lower price, they will not be the clients that you work with later in your career. You need to let them go. You need to move on to new clients that you know, then pay a higher price for, for a better service that you offer at a later stage when you're more experienced. Good. So let's tie this back into uh, the friend of mine who who felt like he needed to to give his music away for free. First and foremost, it wasn't even his opinion. That's what others have told him. And he sort of started this entire process based on, well, this sort of so-called rule that, that he heard from many other people. And he assumed this must be the, the correct way to do it because other people have said so. Well, let me just ask you this. If everybody does the same thing, who is going to stand out? It's the person who swims against the stream. It's the person who's different. So by doing the exact same thing that everybody does, we basically declare ourselves to be just nothing but a drop in the ocean. And as creatives, we are really, really well equipped to do something better than that. We're equipped to do something unique, something that represents us, something that is surprising to others, something that raises an eyebrow. That's us. We are creatives. We can do that. That's in our very nature. We just need to apply the same creativity that we put into our music and apply it to our music marketing. And I really recommend to, to consider whether it's a smart idea to give away our music for free. How about we all think about it and ask ourselves, where is our music available right now? Pick one of your songs, maybe the latest song you've released, and ask yourself, where is that song available? And there's a very good chance that might be possibly on YouTube, very likely on all the big players such as Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and so on. And just for a second, do the maths and work out how much you're getting. And I know that in, on YouTube, for example, you won't get a cent un, unless you have a certain number of, of, uh, of subscribers, which some artists have, so it may make sense for them. But if you start from, if you start fresh, you probably won't have many subscribers at all. In other words, everybody who clicks on your music there will not trigger any money going into your pocket. And effectively, for most of us, Our music on YouTube is free to the world. So if you just go through all the distributors of your music and rank them from how much you get in return, chances are that YouTube, also Spotify and some others um, rank at the very bottom and other services rank a little bit higher. If we all collectively now decided to knock the bottom two or three of our list and withdraw our music, from the services who play, pay either nothing or the absolute minimum or smallest amount, we suddenly decrease the amount of resources floating through Spotify's doors. And that can be a starting point. That requires a bit of collective action, and I know this is a difficult thing to, to achieve. But I believe this is the only way forward, because as long as the 
seemingly infinite resource of music comes rolling in for people like Spotify, they are not going to change their business model at all. What we need to achieve is that Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, Spotify, and so on start to compete for your music. There needs to be an interest why they would want your music. And right now for them, it's just, well, whatever, a drop in the ocean. And the only way to get there is to withdraw our support to the platforms who pay nothing or the absolute least and instead put our music only onto the services that give us a better return. Good. Here's the uncomfortable thought about this. This will come at a cost. And the cost is that you have fewer clicks, likes and listeners than you could have. But before we let this freak us out, let's just consider one more thing. Is a listener on Spotify worth as much as a listener at a live show? Um, I think we would all agree that this is not the same value to you. So I would always rank somebody who comes to your live show, buys a ticket and has a dance much higher. It's a much more valuable listener to you than a random click on Spotify. So I would say that The clicks on non-paying platforms are worth literally nothing. Whether you have 10 of them or 1,000, literally makes no difference to your bottom line or very little. So we need to rate some people higher. We need to rate the listeners on the higher paying platforms better. They are worth more to us. And they're still just worth a fraction of a person actually attending your live show or logging on to your Facebook streaming event or people who actually buy your merchandise or people who constantly follow you up on your social medias and interact in posts. Those people are more valuable. So if you were to lose, let's say, a thousand listener over all of this, make sure it's the ones that are not valuable to you and then it will really make no difference. I actually know about quite a few local musicians who still play their guitar um, at the farmer's market every couple of weeks and sell CDs or USB sticks. And the return that they get from it by far outweighs all the income they get from streaming services. Although the streaming services, obviously by numbers, are much, much bigger. They might have thousands of listeners there and maybe just a dozen uh, listeners at the markets. But those clients are more valuable. So, in previous episodes, we spoke about the 80-20 principle. It's a business term, and I think it's time that we all put a little bit more common business sense into the distribution of our music. The 80-20 principle suggests that about 80% of your income comes from only 20% of your distribution channels. You can also turn this back to front. About 80% of your troubles probably come from only 20% of your drops. The idea behind the 80-20 principle is to take those 20% and cut them out of your life. That may lead to a little bit less income for a moment, but if you then spend this time to focus on the other 20% that gave you 80% of your income and grow them some more, you'll be better off and probably much happier. Let's apply the same thing to streaming services. Consider cutting out all the streaming services that are not valuable to you. Um, instead, focus on the things that actually matter. Focus on your home base. Focus on your local listeners. 
play shows in your in your local area, in the neighboring shire, in the neighboring city, travel up and down the coast, build yourself a following from personal interaction. Those people, even if the numbers don't come anywhere near what you can achieve on, on Spotify, are worth a lot more to your business and to your musical career. Good. Okay, so there's been other developments lately on uh, the front of streaming services. And there are some people who believe that the era of Spotify and so on is soon coming to an end. I have no idea and I don't know. But if I had to if I had the opportunity to rewrite the musical distribution history, I would hope that somebody came up with a brand new streaming service owned by musicians. In other words, my ideal scenario would be a streaming service that is run and hosted by musicians, for musicians, where you buy in shares. Imagine that. Imagine a world where all musicians would unite and say, okay, we have a new platform. That's the only place where we put our music out. And we do it ourselves. That's the vision that I have for the future of the music industry. And if we get to the point where the never-ending resource that floats into Spotify's front door starts to ebb out and where no more music gets into those streaming services that pay fractions of cents, then suddenly we will see a shift in attitude on the CEO levels. That's when the CEOs of the big companies will scratch their head and say, we got to do something and they better come up with something that benefits us. That's my vision. That's my wish for the future, for the next decade, I guess, uh, of the streaming industry. A few things to consider here. Um, I'm sure that whatever I predict today is probably not exactly what's going to happen, but I really hope that at least some parts of what I, I'm hoping to achieve um, will come true at some stage. So if you agree with this, maybe consider whether it's worth cutting out some of the streaming services that you've been using and see if you can grow an organic following due to shows, personal interaction, social media interaction, selling merchandise. There are all kinds of other ways that can help you to get a return. So it's not just about the number of listeners. You need to think about how valuable they are to you. And I definitely always want to have uh, people in front of the stage dancing. Those are the most important people you could possibly win over for yourselves. Good. On these wise words, uh, I want to finish this episode today. It's a bit of a shorter one. I hope it makes sense to you. Um, I have more interviews planned for the next couple of weeks, so hopefully we'll be back with more interviews. I would also really like to invite you to join us on the Production Talk podcast community Facebook group. You'll find us on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. And if you haven't seen our show notes yet, I recently moved them to a new website so that I get more control and better design. They're all available now um, online. So after finishing this episode, why don't you just have a little look and uh, scroll down, click on the show notes and have a look around. Um, I will make it a habit of adding additional information into the show notes. So there's always a bit more to find than in my episodes. This is all for today. I hope you had a good time. I hope you got something meaningful out for yourself. And let's all work together on a better future for the music industry. 
We can do it if we stick together, if we do not give our valuable music away for free anymore. It is fair enough to ask for something in return. And to get more musicians on board, why don't you just share this episode with all your friends? On these words, let's finish up for today. You have a great week. I hope to speak to you in a week's time. Bye for now.